Hi there, welcome to 2017 in the After the Press ClintonHero.com Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Zach James, and alongside with me is sports editor John Gramowitz. John, we're back in the saddle again for 2017. Yeah, boy, after uh, both being off on a week for vacation, it seems like it's been a long time, but let's uh, get back going at it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and then the Iowa side in terms of basketball and wrestling, we'll get back at it uh, on Tuesday night, and the Illinois side, they were, they were busy over holiday break as... Uh, Morrison, basically everybody on the Illinois side was busy, busy with holiday tournaments. You got to see a little bit of action there. What did you see? I got I went up and saw Fulton play a little bit up at the Eastland tournament where they finished fourth, and uh, also saw a little bit of Prophetstown, and Prophetstown actually finished strong. It was kind of funny that uh, Fulton played really well early. Uh, Prophetstown played really well late. Uh, Fulton wound up in fourth place. Prophetstown wound up in uh, fifth place, if I remember right. Uh, and, you know, I think both of them uh, had some good things to take away, and they also uh, found out that there are some little areas they need to work on. And a huge shout-out. we got to give a huge shout-out to Iowa State Daily Assistant Sports Editor Ryan Young. He helped us out in the summer, too, but he helped us out big time this week as being a correspondent. He uh, spent a little bit of his holiday break uh, as an Iowa State student coming over and covering those tournaments. So a huge shout-out to him. And uh, Iowa State basketball was on the right foot, too, in the Big 12 scheme of things as well. And Ryan spent uh, two-plus days over at the... Workins tournament in Erie, always a great tournament over there. Uh, we had uh, Erie boys uh, fared fairly well there. The uh, the Morrison boys had some some good success there. Uh, Erie girls did well. Fulton and Morrison girls had a few struggles there, but they were all there. And then Ryan also went up and saw the last uh, last game for uh, Fulton up at Eastland, so he made a a big trip up there. So he he had a lot of a. Uh, a lot of action going on. Hopefully the Cranch Grove's basketball team got enough rests over holiday break as they have four games this week and then one more coming up on Monday. There are four games this week. Tonight against North Cedar, Thursday against Bellevue Marquette, Friday against Durant, and then they travel to Cedar Rapids on Saturday morning at 9.15 as part of Rivalry Saturday as they'll face the Bellevue Comets as well. That's that's a lot of games for the Comanche Indians coming up here over the course of a week. And there are some good ones in there. You know, that uh, Marquette's got a very good team. Uh, uh, Bellevue, they that was a really good game the first time the teams played. And, uh, you know, they're going to have to go from playing the first part of a doubleheader on Friday night then being out at 9.15 on Saturday morning in Cedar Rapids. So That's going to be tough. Not a lot of sleep there. They're, they're probably going to have some weary bodies. Kind uh, of got to wonder, uh, you know, uh, did uh, Todd Borison schedule these on a day that he was mad at the girls or, or what? It's going to be kind of weird to see the Comanche girls play that play like an NBA schedule, but it's not really like an NBA schedule. Because we're playing a back-to-back-to-back nights. Not even NBA teams do that. Not even NBA teams get stuck with a schedule like this, although they're also not traveling, you know, quite so far. Cedar Rapids is the the only game that's really a distance. uh, But still, you know, you're spending all that time on the court and the way that uh, Todd likes to play with a lot of up-and-down, fast-break action... uh, 
they better get make the most of the sleep time that they get this week. And, of course, the other schools will pick up action later tonight as well. Let's move up to the uh, college and pro rankings now in Iowa. They just lay an egg in the Outback Bowl. Let's just call it like it is, a 30-3 to game against Florida. Just an abysmal performance. And, and a kind of a selfish call by Coach Kirk Ferentz by letting C.J. Beathard go back out in the second half when everyone knew he had a pulled right hamstring when he tried to lunge for the goal line in the second quarter, but he still wanted to go with the senior. Not understanding loyalty and all that. I get that, but this is all unfairness and offensive coordinator Greg Davis. Well, and and it's just it was painful to watch for one thing because it, it, you know he was having trouble getting to the running backs to hand off. He was having trouble pushing off for his passes. You know, and one thing I I've got to wonder what it says about uh, about the backup quarterback. You know, what does what does your backup think? You know, if they're showing that they have no confidence in him at all, that here's a chance for him to get some time in. And you know, Stanley's supposed to be a promising kid, but I I don't know if I'm him. I'm thinking, boy, they must not trust me. They must not think I'm capable because even when the the starter clearly is hurt, they won't put. You know, they don't give me a chance. Which is weird because when you go back to the tax bowl when Tennessee was handling Iowa, they didn't hesitate to go to Bethard when Rudock was struggling that night. So I don't know what it is about these under uh, underclassmen quarterbacks, the backup quarterbacks, that, that Ferentz just didn't feel comfortable with. And granted, Stanley, when he got in there, didn't impress anybody. It wasn't like he had a Heisman-esque performance. But still, you got to go to the more healthier guy, when, especially when the game was out of hand. In all due respect, it's a meaningless game. It for, is. For Iowa. It for, is. For a lot of teams. And that was one of the things about the bowl season that you saw, you know, a lot the of teams. The Big Ten was a bit. Well, it was. That, but, but uh, you know, a lot of teams, a lot of close games, but a lot of teams that uh, were favored didn't win. So it's just so much about how teams treat these games, what it means to them, and and, but some some really entertaining games, that's for sure, including that Rose Bowl. We were both here wa- working, so we couldn't watch it. But, boy, that had to be uh, one of the more exciting games you'll ever see there. I'm looking forward to going home and watching it uh, after we get done here. David Johnson got some really good news on Monday. His, it's not a torn MCL or ACL, anything like that in his left knee, just an MCL sprain in his left knee. No surgery needed. Uh, going to need six to eight weeks. No Pro Bowl. That's kind of disappointing. But with a child on the way, it might be a blessing in disguise. It might because his child's supposed to is supposed to be due about that time. And also, you know, that's a meaningless for, game too. Yeah, for what it means, and 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 you think back. I don't remember who the player was, but when they were they had a beach touch game or something many many years ago, or flag football, and some guy blew out his knee in that. Uh, boy, you just. You know, unfortunately, football is one of those games where, you know, just such a chance of injury, and boy, you'd hate for anything to happen. And you know, they said that, uh, you know, for for as bad as that looked for David, uh, it turned out very fortunate. And he said that, you know, once the initial scare got got out of his system, there, that he didn't feel too bad. But boy, you know, his uh, the running back's life span is so short that. 
with the season he had and as good a kid as he is, boy, he had to be happy that that, that uh, was the, the end result, that it's not going to need surgery. And as I was looking through Twitter on Sunday night, just scrolling down, I know it's tweets from Le'Veon Bell, Derek Carr, players like that witching David well, and that showed you what kind of guy he is and what kind of talent he has. And he's quickly... Uh picked up a lot of respect among his peers and that's then that's great and for those of us who've known David for a long time I, it may surprise us with how how much success he's had but the way he handles his success is no surprise he was just a a really nice kid when he was here and and uh, so far at least the life in the pros hasn't changed him you and I also talked about how much the Winter Classic, if that has any mystique to it, the Blues beat the Blackhawks at home at Bush Stadium on Monday uh, outdoors in the rain. It was cool to see 56,000 plus brave the weather outdoors in Bush Stadium, which, eh. Do you like that kind of atmosphere? The, the Winter Classic really doesn't do anything for me, having people all bundled up to see it. it it's more so that, you know, you're looking at, stuff there's you know a baseball field they put the they put the the hockey rinker in the middle in the so the fans yeah. so the fans are so far away that you know to me that doesn't do a lot when you're so far away just to be in a big mass of 50,000 people that that does nothing for me so you know I'm not I'm not one of the these diehards who think it's one of the greatest things around so you know Criticize me for that if you want, but that's just my feelings. And you can uh, criticize our, our feelings if you want by uh, tweeting at us at cherald underscore sports or emailing us at sports at clintonherald.com. Well, that was a decent first edition getting back in the saddle for 2017. For sports editor John Gremmels, I'm assistant sports editor Zach James. Here's to a great 2017. Have a good rest of your day.